0: ancient civilizations, alien contact, the new psychedelic revolution, cryptocurrency and other disruptive and distributed technologies, and much more. This is Future Sense. And welcome to Future Sense here on Bfm99 999. It's 9.06 in the morning. Great pleasure to welcome my uh, co-host here on Future Sense, Steve McDonald. Good morning, Steve. Good
1: morning, Nick. Great pleasure to be here once again. It was—I look- tell you—it was a little chilly in my neck of the woods out there this morning. On my way to work, I think it was seven degrees. The car was telling me seven degrees Celsius.
0: Well, you're certainly rugged up there. You look like you're ready for the Arctic. I know. I yeah. know. I'm slowly well, the ice age.
1: <laughs> it's coming. I tell you.
0: <laughs> now, t- t- today's show is uh, brought to you by bifurcation and uh, most of you intelligent people know what that word means i think out yeah, there the uh, the splitting of one into two and on onwards forking you could say and once in that's forking the bifurcation of something and in a sense it's the beginning of uh, complexity and in a sense it's the beginning of how we recognize patterns in things and today we
1: are going to be talking about pattern recognition that's right patterns in nature patterns in human nature and how our capacity for pattern recognition changes as we grow and as we evolve as a species mm-hmm. And how he might use pattern recognition, basic pattern recognition, even just the, the binary bifurcation kind mm. of thing, to help make sense of our rapidly changing world.
0: Yeah. And of course, there's much to this, and uh, you can always text in and join the conversation here on 04373341119, nine zero four three seven three four triple one nine and indeed there is uh, there's so much and i came across a word i didn't know and that's uh, the word apophenia a-p-o-p-h-e-n-i-a which is kind of like false pattern recognition when you see you know the man in the moon for example or particular patterns in clouds however it's kind of contestable because your subjective meaning making your pattern recognition is i guess peculiarly yours too but also acculturated it's part of your culture your society your layer of consciousness you could say at this point in
1: time that's right and there might really be a man in the moon <laughs> there might really well be there's
0: going to be a man in the Mars soon his name is Jeff Bezos or will it be the other bloke uh. for all of you out there strangers in a strange land you're grokking future sense here on Bay FM. Nine eighteen here on Future Sense. And yeah, just to reiterate that, and thanks to the Writers' Festival for those two three-day passes to the Bryan Writers' Festival, which are up to win if you subscribe or resubscribe to BayFM during the month of July. So you've got a few weeks to do that. And you can do it online, bayfm.org, or during office hours on triple nine. You're here tuned to Future Sense. We're talking this morning about pattern recognition.
1: We are, and it's fundamental to the organisation of our sensory input and our perception of what we describe as reality. Many leading-edge scientists today say that we can't know ultimate reality simply because we're limited to what's being detected by our various senses. Yeah. And that really does challenge the idea of what is real. Mm. And it comes down, I guess, to sensory input interpreted by our brain, and it reminds me of that famous scene from The Matrix movie. Yeah.
0: Right
1: now or inside a computer program?
0: Is it really so hard to believe? Your clothes are different, the plugs in your arms and head are gone? Your hair has changed. Your appearance now is what we call residual self-image. It is the mental projection
1: of your digital self. This... This isn't real. What is real?
0: How do you define real? If you're talking about what you can feel, what you can smell, what you can taste and see, then real is simply electrical signals interpreted by your brain.
1: Yeah. Uh, yes, it uh, brings back memories. It certainly does, yeah. And I think it's a very scary concept for a lot of people, the idea of, of actually not knowing what is real. And and mm. certainly it's a, a big fear that comes up in altered state work, as many people would know. Yeah. Very common. Mm. And, of course, science has shown us that different organisms perceive different aspects of reality. And there are some really simple examples, like a uh, cats, for example, have better night vision than we do, so they mm-hmm. can see in the dark uh, in places where we can't. And, and of course, a lot of animals have a different perception of the electromagnetic spectrum, which allows them to navigate naturally and uh, i think some of the the leading edge science is suggesting that for example birds yes. actually see those patterns mm. the electromagnetic patterns exactly
0: yeah. yes actually or, or feel or sense them in some way that we don't quite understand just yet and, and get a, a notion of spatial positioning in the environment with the, with those abilities yeah bats of course use sonar so they don't use visual yeah, exactly use sonar
1: exactly yeah very interesting mm. so i guess uh let's look at patterns in nature first and perhaps one of the most fundamental patterns is the binary pattern uh, where things bifurcate or divide into two and of course uh, in the earliest stages of life we, we find that pattern where a single cell divides into two. Uh, interestingly result in in the case of fertilization resulting from the combination of two into one
0: yes (laughs) right but then of course once it becomes one it immediately starts to bifurcate
1: and becomes the many it does it does two and then doubling and doubling and doubling Mm -hmm. and uh, often these patterns are fractal also yeah and fractal meaning that the patterns are similar at different scales and the the little sets of patterns repeat Mm -hmm. as the scale increases And some examples of that are, for example, uh, a a river where you get the... The tiny little rivulets mm-hmm. in the mud yeah. that look like little bifurcating lines, and then if you sort of pan out and look at a, a large river delta, you see the same pattern exactly. in the river delta. I love
0: that on the beach when you see that happening just on the beach. There's natural uh, bifurcations of the of the water in the sand, and yeah. and exactly that. And sometimes you see you can as you, you draw out, you can literally see canyons and and uh, tributaries emerging from this small microcosm of what happens, as you said, in the, the Grand Canyon or the Great or the Great uh, uh, Nile Delta or the
1: like. Like fantastic. Yeah, of course. And, and as kids, you know, we sit down and we look at those tiny little patterns and we play, you know, play yes. at a smaller scale, don't we? And pretend that our toy cars are driving up canyons in those tiny little. And areas.
0: by doing that, we we're learning, we're affirming those particular patterns, which we are then a, more capable of seeing
1: uh, in uh, on other scales. That's right. Mm. Uh, another example from nature is uh, a set of tree roots, where again you've got that bifurcation mm. pattern spreading out under the ground, yeah. and then, of course, if you look above the ground, you see the same pattern in the tree branches.
0: And the same is true of our, of the branching of the tracheal uh, tubes in our in our lungs and so forth, the move out in the same kind of branching or rooting way that you're talking about in trees.
1: Absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's interesting to consider... How patterns change at the at where you've got a a shift in the environment, uh, and yeah. I, I guess the tree example, you know, where you've got the underground environment versus the above ground environment, yeah. and how you've got the bifurcation and then it coming together into one stem or trunk, and then bifurcating again yes. after it, it enters the new environment, and a, a river delta is the same uh, kind of thing, yeah. really. Uh, even like at the tributary of your river, where you've got the little uh, small creeks coming yeah. into a single long river and then the river spreading out again as it uh, approaches the ocean. Mm. And then
0: coming back into the one in the ocean, you could say. Yes, yeah, exactly.
1: And it seems that where there's more momentum in a system, more momentum for change, uh, the fragmentation and the dissipation process is compressed in space and time. So if a a, a system has a lot of momentum for change, there's less need for it to bifurcate and fragment. Mm. And uh, Of course, to flip that, when things are compressed in space and time, they tend to become denser and speed up, Mm. like an example of a ballerina spinning, and when the arms are extended and spread out in space and time, the spin is slower, and then, if the arms are tucked in, it becomes faster, and of course the object becomes denser, the ballerina becomes um, compressed into space.
0: Yeah, if you want to lose weight, just spin. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's the answer. Forget diets. Spin. Right. We were talking about spinning last uh, last week or the week before. A week before we were talking about spinning and the Widdishins and the whole uh, Sufi dancing thing. Which we is were an example of exactly that. It's all connected. Beautiful. Mm.
1: And if we represent that concept mathematically as a curve on a graph, then the steeper the graph, the more rapid and intense the change is. And uh, and this, of course, impacts what's obvious to us as humans, what we notice, what we feel, what we experience.
0: And, of course, we have many uh, examples, you could say, of, of that sort of bifurcation of the fractals in, in nature and our reality in such things as uh, as the way the stock market works. Yeah. Um, that itself can be uh, can be compounded into, into fractals, and, in fact, is often worked out with people who are playing the market and working with the market to try and find those kind of fractal uh, patterns within the market yeah, and try and, uh, try and yeah. predict what's going to happen to some degree with success with some people and uh, other people struggling, as they do, with uh, going into, into a... Um, a, um, a casino and trying to read the cards.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and of course, there are big rewards, financial rewards, if you get it right. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Um, and so let's let's just have a quick talk about the change dynamic. Uh, and again, we see this fundamental binary uh, design within the change dynamic, where you've got order versus chaos, stable versus unstable, constructive mm. versus deconstructive. Mm. And these basic trends can inform our position within the change process. So simply by uh, looking at the current state and a trend, whether it's trending towards order or chaos, we can work out where in the change dynamic something is or somebody is. Uh, And it's it's something that's often overlooked too in life in general and in the uh, healing modalities also is to actually stop and assess where somebody is in the change process and whether that change is in a sort of constructive phase or deconstructive phase. And once you can work that out, it informs what the the next logical part of the process or next step is for the individual.
0: You're tuned to Future Sense with Nick Jeans and Steve McDonald. Engage, emerge, activate and spiral up. Yes, indeed. You're on BFM 999. Just to backtrack for some of those tracks there, that was, um, last track was Australian out of Sampa, the great new track called Final Form. And before that, a brief track of kind of weird things, sort of disorientation and ambiguity, called um, Fractal Intake from Rings of Saturn. The first two tracks this morning, both called Patterns, one from Naseya and one from Vera Blue. And you can check all of the tracks that are played on this and every radio's program on BayFM on the website, bfm.org. You know, just go to the program page of the particular show. And you can see the list of the songs that are played each day. And you can also replay the show down the bottom there. We're talking today about patterns and pattern recognition and the evolution of that.
1: We are. We started out simple with a binary pattern, just a basic uh, two-option or bifurcation kind of pattern. And... We're going to just expand on that idea now and look at how complexity is created from that very, very simple pattern. And when you think about it, every computer works on a binary pattern. So mm. it's basically a, connection, a collection of ones and zeros, or yeah. well, ons and offers, on's, ons and, and offers. offers, rather. <laughs> um, that's a commercial version. And- uh, Ones an, an yeah, and offal Yeah, and when we combine, uh, you know, choices upon choices upon choices upon choices between these two mm. options, we get very, very complex patterns. Mm-hmm. And there are some great little computer patterns now that actually demonstrate that, like they, they call them sort of Turing patterns. where Turing patterns. You yeah. know, where you can set up a very simple program, which is just a series of uh, yes or no, mm-hmm. on or off kind of choices, but you can get patterns that look like flocks of birds flying across the page and all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Quite remarkable
0: interesting that all that can emerge from the simple binary, which is why you're beginning there, because it is still the simple binary, the on-off, the black-white, the yes-no, and that's the foundation of our culture, essentially, up to now. Well,
1: it's the foundation of our
0: reality. It's the foundation of our reality,
1: We we seem to live in a duality, where everything is made up of of these two things, whatever those two things are, and the two things can come together and make a third thing, which is where we get the complexity emerging Mm. Uh, the third thing being a pattern, a more complex pattern. And as the complex, well, as the patterns are sort of layered over each other and become more complex, they become more challenging to comprehend. And uh, it depends on where we are in terms of our development and the development of our consciousness and, and our evolution as a species as to how much we can comprehend uh, within that complexity. And uh, determining layers is a difficult thing. It reminds me of a, a story of when I was a kid, My grandfather on my mum's side of the family, uh, Bob, he'd lived up in Papua New Guinea for oh, yeah. uh, a couple of years in the early 1960s when it was even wilder than it is today, way up in the highlands. And he, I remember him telling me a story about some of the locals up there teaching him how to see birds in the forest. And he he lived and uh, on and managed a coffee plantation. And they had an amazing collection of birds of paradise. And people used to travel from all over the world to, to mm-hmm. see these Beautiful. birds of paradise. yeah. Anyway, the locals pointed out to him that for people who aren't trained, when you look into a tree, you normally, normally sort of see what your eyes fall upon mm. in the first instance. You so, have a bias so that, of some sort or other. So you the leaves, what, you know, whatever's most obvious, you, you yep. see that and you see the pattern in it. And it takes some awareness and training to actually be able to look through layers. And they pointed out to him that when you look at a tree, don't look at the tree, look through the tree. Mm. Uh, and uh, and that's, that was a, a really interesting little story which sat in my mind. And of course, later when I grew up and I uh, started to work, I became a reconnaissance helicopter pilot. So looking and seeing at things was a very important part of my job. And I remembered that, and, and it became in you know it came in quite handy, um, particularly when you're close up to things. You know, as you look further into the distance, it becomes more difficult to look through things, of course. But when when you're closer up. Like, a, like that tree example mm. uh, with a little bit of training it's easy to sort of train yourself to look through the initial pattern and see patterns behind
0: yeah uh, it's fascinating, I, I, was, I was thinking of a few things there, one of them being it, it reminds me a little bit of those familiar with the Carlos Castaneda books years ago, the Don Juan books of the adventures of, uh, of a supposed mystic in the in the deserts of uh, the West of America, and uh, an acolyte, um, Castaneda, who found this uh, this master, Don Juan. It's all sort of been poo-pooed a bit uh, of the actual history, the, the historical truth of all of this, but and clearly it had a strong influence on the, you know, I guess, the psychedelic revolution much more. and the, the way we perceive, I guess, what you're saying exactly that, is that you can perceive directly what you're biased to see and what you, you're taught to see and what is uh, appropriate to see, yeah. but then seeing through that, Is a different ability and a quality that I guess needs to be developed. In fact, it doesn't just appear. Although sometimes I guess it does. Sometimes you just see something that you didn't see
1: before. Yeah, when you're going through the change process, of course, as things develop, you have those sudden realisations. And uh, you know, clearly there was some something to the Castaneda stories because uh, there's a lot of very solid information in in those books. So even though he may have been a a shyster at some level, (laughs) he was obviously uh, you know basing it all on some sound information for sure. Yeah, and I think this this, uh, concept of being able to see through layers of patterns is very important, particularly at this time in history as we come to the end of this scientific industrial era. And we know that the, the, I guess let's call it a marketing mindset or a poker playing mindset of the scientific industrial uh, worldview is very prone to twisting the truth or presenting the truth in a way that best suits the person who's presenting it rather than Making things obvious.
0: Well, as we were talking about uh, this morning on this topic before we came in, um, it's clear, really, in this in this era that we're in, that for example, the marketing of uh, everything really has created a a whole, uh, a whole, you know, Zeitgeist—not just not the right word, but a whole quantum of. Of ways of seeing through marketing, through advertising, because we want to get into, through television, through popular culture, in a way that's kind of has, is, has channeled people's perception into a certain way of seeing the world, you could argue. Absolutely,
1: and- yeah, yeah. And that's usually the way that uh, Layer 5 works. You know, it, it will decide what's best for me, mm-hmm. the, the self and then present the information to try and channel people towards that best option for me <laughs> rather than for them. And when
0: we talk about layer 5, we're referring to Claire W. Graves' work, which we refer to all the time here on this show. And for those who listen regularly, you know what we mean. But uh, layer 5 is the, has been and is still the dominant paradigm on the planet, and you could, you could ascribe uh, the... the uh, corporatism, capitalism, competition—to this, uh, among many other qualities—and in the light of that, as Steve's saying, of course, the uh, the uh, adaptation or appropriation of ways of seeing is very useful in uh, the ability to control and to sell to the masses of people and make them customers
1: to your whatever you you may have there. That's right, and uh, you know very much in the news the last few years with uh, people questioning. The truth of news and the truth of yes. election outcomes and all those sorts of things, and uh, it's just becoming more and more difficult to actually know what the the truth is or what the patterns are that mm. lie behind these things. Which is, of course, has given rise to conspiracy theories and uh, people constructing conspiracy theories to <laughs> to, to and, engineer, you know, thinking and uh, and
0: using opinion. using uh, AI and machine learning to be able to construct uh, little, literally fake videos of. Uh, of uh, Barack Obama and others saying and doing things that they didn't say or do so really uh, it's confusing the ability to actually uh, recognize what is truth in the patterns of, that is presented
1: absolutely it is and so we need to evolve our capacity for pattern recognition and start to look for things that we haven't looked for before. Mm-hmm. And the most obvious is as we approach this this huge shift in consciousness, which is just in its early stages of unfolding at a global level, we are moving into a, a new capacity to be able to recognize layers of consciousness. And that's not something that has been a mainstream capacity in the past. Mm-hmm. Normally, as we grow through these different layers of consciousness, we are absolutely immersed in them. Mm-hmm and not necessarily aware of them as a phenomena. And we we bump into the differences between people who are operating from different layers of consciousness, of course, and we interpret that as, as differences and, and often make moral judgments around it, saying, okay, my way's right, your way's wrong. Uh, but it's simply the fact that people are thinking from a different set of patterns. Uh, and um, you can think of the layers of consciousness as a frequency, each one being mm. a discrete frequency, and of course, a frequency is nothing more than a pattern <laughs> in a transmission, or a pattern in, in uh, transmitted information. Yeah. And it's also useful to, to think of them as uh, computer operating systems, like people are running different software, which which has different patterns in it, mm. and shapes them to look for different patterns, see different patterns in their environment mm. and uh, life in general.
0: Mm, indeed. Indeed. Yes, it's great that you mentioned music, of course, music being um, clearly something that virtually everybody on the planet has a relationship to. and Many people, of course, it's uh, incredibly important to, to them. And- I think when looking at this uh, notion of pattern recognition that our connection to our relationship to music for all time, from the drumming, the, the rhythmic drumming, and the understanding of the pattern of that to uh, to simple in it, simple music and singing and singing together, to the very complex music that's evolved in the last several hundred years on the planet, from classical music through to the modern era, and in that is, is, a, is a very complex set of patterns which uh, to a very simple degree, you can you can understand immediately, and we recognise even without knowing anything about music. There's something in the patterns of your particular culture, and even beyond your culture, that you can hear other cultural music too, to some degree, and recognise certain patterns which are common. And also recognise, for example, styles of harmony or or modes of uh, of melody that are different from from what is common to you. Yet you still there is still a relationship within all of that that is recognisable. And as you get more complex within the, the the life of music on the planet, now there's an incredible complexity sort of reflective of our ability to, I think, receive a deeper understanding of complexity now emerging.
1: Absolutely. And isn't it interesting how different patterns in music can have such a a huge impact on us and our experience in the moment, you know, uh, to evoke emotions or to direct our attention to certain things, even to generate different visions in the mind, uh, particularly in altered states. It's quite fascinating. And in fact, uh, there are some people now who are suggesting that uh, a long, long time ago, And I guess this is uh, accepting that there are anomalies in our history. I mean, the the general mainstream idea that we've been fed for many, many years is that we started out dumb and then got smarter, Uh, started out simple and became more complex over time. But there are some really weird anomalies in history when we look back at things like the pyramids, for example, which are constructed in such a way that we probably couldn't even make them today if we tried because of the precision and the, the size of the blocks and the way they've been arranged and those sorts of things. So, I think that's something that we always need to acknowledge uh, now, and particularly on this show, is that there are these anomalies in history, and that even models like Claire Graves, you know, in that it's extremely useful to understand human nature and how it's developed, it still doesn't necessarily account for these anomalies that show up where yeah. there, there seem to be terribly advanced things way, way back in history. But I was going to say that, um, you know, some of the, the more recent leading edge excursions around knowledge and, uh, and those anomalies are suggesting that once upon a time we operated on a base twelve numerical mm. system which is of course in line with the musical scale
0: yes yes and that was the basis of uh, you mentioned the pyramids before the pyramid inch and in fact our um, the inch uh, and the, the the foot and the yard that was originally in still use of course in the uk but we've all gone ten. Uh, with the metric system and uh, there's, yeah. there's, uh, there's some loss to that certainly it's simpler to calculate in certain ways but it's, uh, it's a loss That's right. just Could quickly going back to music because I think yeah. it's, it's relevant here the piece I have about uh, music pattern recognition which uh, was just talking about as, as I said the, the recognisable but I think this is interesting the excitement of following a familiar music pattern happens when the pattern breaks and becomes unpredictable this following and breaking of a pattern creates a problem-solving opportunity for the mind that forms the experience.
1: Very interesting. Mm -hmm. And I I know that there's some computer software out there today which works on exactly that principle and is supposedly... Uh, useful for the transformation of brain patterns mm-hmm. and, and healing and those sorts of things, and it works by breaking patterns in music. Yeah. Yeah.
0: and we were talking last night, actually, uh, uh, about um, a couple of Beatles songs, uh, Here Comes the Sun. Yes. And uh, yesterday, and you talked about, or, or Russell, our friend Russ, hello, Russ, if he's listening. Hey, Russ. Talked about um, Here Comes the Sun and the, uh, the rhythmic pattern, which I think is a 7-8 pattern in yeah. Here Comes the Sun, yeah. which you don't see, but somehow the mind knows it's not quite how it should be, yeah. how you expect, but it, it adds, it's a hook in it's itself. Just, it's quirky. It's, cool. it's quirky. It adds another dimension to the appreciation of the of the minds musically, musically even though you, you may not know what it's, what's happening. That's right, it creates a,
1: a distinctive pattern you might say and we're drawn to yes. distinctive patterns. Things are and the same
0: thing in the song Yesterday written by Paul McCartney where it's not a timing thing but the number of bars in the verses of Yesterday, yesterday, or oh, my trouble seem so far away, is a seven bar phrase rather than what was expected to be a four or eight bar phrase or sixteen. That's common, that's normal. It's not, uh, it's not written as a law, but it is how we've sort of structured things. But that's a seven-bar phrase, those verses. And so the mind is exp- listening to this beautiful thing, and suddenly it doesn't know what's happened, but some uh, disjunct has occurred that works, but it allows an opportunity to appreciate on some other level and opens up a different pattern recognition, I, I think.
1: That's right. Yeah, and that is, you know, that is the richness of life is diversity and things things breaking from the normal. Mm. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. You've been listening to Future Sense, a podcast edited from the radio show of the same name broadcast on Bay FM in Byron Bay, Australia at bayfm.org. Future Sense is available on iTunes and SoundCloud. The future is here now. It's just not evenly distributed.